today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Romans. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com. And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us, because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. We're in the seventh chapter of the book of Romans, Romans chapter 7. Uh, in the first six verses of Romans chapter 7, the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, shows us that we as believers are no longer under the law, and he uses the marriage bond as an example. Uh, the whole human race is likened unto a woman who is married to her husband, the law, till death do us part. And in Romans chapter 7, verse 3, about midway to the latter half of that verse, Paul said if the husband is dead or the wife, it really doesn't matter, uh, then she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man, which means she's free then to remarry. In verse 4, Paul said, Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead. You and I, as believers, are married to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're in union with him that we should bring forth fruit unto God. And the only way that we're going to bring forth fruit unto God is to be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ, which means we're to trust him totally, absolutely, and completely to supply our every need. Now, the problem is we're all attracted to law. That's all we've ever known. Uh, Do this and don't do that, whatever the case. And when we accomplish these things, um, it leaves us feeling like we've done something. And the problem with that is sometimes it develops pride. Look at me and look at what I've done. And our salvation, ladies and gentlemen, sanctification, it's all of God. It's all brought about by faith in what Jesus did for us at the cross. It's not about us doing or not doing certain things. And the Jews had a problem with this. Uh, For some 1,600 years, they had lived under law. And in Galatians chapter 3, uh, the Apostle Paul dealt with this. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, he said, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Now, how were they not obeying the truth? Uh, They had their faith in Christ, but as well they had their faith in other things. Uh, they were committing the sin of spiritual adultery when you get right down to it. And as a Christian, we've got to be careful. We need to examine ourselves. Uh, Our spiritual eyes have to be single-focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 22. He said, The light of the body is the eye. 
If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. And Paul went on to say in Galatians 3, verse 1, latter half of that verse, Wherefore whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Christ and what he did for us at the cross is what has opened up the door for the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts and lives. And ladies and gentlemen, that is considered to be grace. He went on to say, uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 2, This only would I learn of you. And then he asked the question, Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? In other words, how did you get saved? Did you get saved by performing certain works, by doing certain things in the law? No, you got saved when you heard about how Jesus Christ came into the world and died for your sins. He said there in verse 3, Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Are you going to try to mature and sanctify yourself now by the means of the flesh, which refers to law-keeping, doing, not doing certain things. Uh, you're a fool if you think you can do that. No one has ever been able to do it. No one ever will. Now, in Romans chapter 7 and verse 5, Paul said, For when we were in the flesh, now that can either refer to uh, before we got saved or trying to live for God uh, by the means of law after we were saved. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, now that's the sin nature getting stirred up, running full throttle in our hearts and lives again. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins which were by the law, notice that portion of it. The law is what stirs up the sin nature. But if we'll keep our faith and focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for us at the cross, the Holy Spirit will work in our lives to bring forth fruit unto God. However, if we allow our faith and focus to shift to law, then the sin nature is going to, if you'll look there in the latter half of verse 5, work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. So you can't live for God by the means of law keeping. First of all, you can't do it. No one ever has. And those who try, they get frustrated and they give up after a while because they just can't do it. They end up going right back out here in the world again. And many times they're worse off than they were before. Secondly, those who claim to be keeping or abiding by some type of law, they develop self-righteousness. And our righteousness is as filthy rags, the Bible says. Now, all of this negative talk about law, people thought Paul was demeaning it. And no, he was not demeaning it. He's trying to get us to put the law in its proper perspective. He said in verse 7, Romans chapter 7, verse 7, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Is the law sinful because it stirs up the sin nature? He come right behind it and said, God forbid. No, the law is not bad. Uh, the law is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It's revealing the sin nature that's in the heart of the human being. He said, 
had I not known sin but by the law. In other words, I wouldn't know that I even had a sin nature if it wasn't for the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. Now, Paul is saying that the law identified a certain covetous passion in his heart. Uh, He was wanting or lusting for something that someone else had. Now, what it was, we don't know. He said there in verse 8, But the sin nature taking occasion by the commandment. Now, the word occasion in the Greek means uh, a starting place, a base of operations, the means in which one begins. And in this case, the sin nature had a starting point. It started acting out because Paul began to focus on the Tenth Commandment, which is thou shalt not covet, uh, Exodus 20 and verse 17. And he went on to say there, Romans 7 verse 8, that it wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. Now, the word wrought here in the Greek means to accomplish Uh, achieve an end or to carry out something to a conclusion. Uh, The word concupiscence here means an evil desire. So in other words, the sin nature started to carry out all kinds of evil desires within Paul's heart and life. And Paul said there, latter part of verse 8, he said, For without the law, sin was dead. Uh, Paul wasn't having a problem with the sin nature. It was dead until he started focusing on the law, the Ten Commandments. Now, the law does one of two things. It either excites you to keep it, or it either excites you to break it. Now, obviously, the right choice is to keep it. But the few who try find out very quickly that they can't. They get discouraged and they quit, whatever the case. Uh, And those out here who deliberately set themselves to break it, they incur the wrath of God upon themselves. They're condemned uh, to the lake of fire. Now, the law tells us uh, what type of sin that we're committing. And the Tenth Commandment sort of puts a cap on the whole law. In a sense, the Tenth Commandment tells us that it's not merely good enough to physically obey the commandments, but uh, we're not to even have so much as a desire to even break it. Uh, Jesus expounded on this a little bit when he said, if a man even looks upon a woman and lusts after her, he's already committed adultery in his heart. So when you get right down to it, the law shows us uh, what we are. And Romans chapter 7, verse 9, Paul said, I was alive without the law once. Now, this tells us two things. First of all, when Paul first accepted Christ on that road to Damascus, he was made alive unto God, which is what happens to all believers when we accept Christ as our Savior. Secondly, he's telling us here that the law had absolutely nothing to do with his salvation experience, at least not directly. But he went on to say there in Romans 7 verse 9, But when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. After Paul was saved and filled with the Spirit, he began living for the Lord the only way he knew how, which was by keeping the law. 
or tried to keep it, whatever the case. But the moment he began to focus on the law, the law revealed the sin nature. And what happened, he said, sin revived, the sin nature revived, and I died. The sin nature got agitated and it came back to life. It started pumping out its evil corruption once again in Paul's life. And Paul said, I died. Now, we know the scripture says the wages of sin is death. Uh, Paul said there in verse 10, Romans chapter 7, verse 10, and the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. Now, God gave the commandments for our benefit. It addresses everything that pertains to life and living. So in that, uh, it was ordained to life. But Paul said, I have found it to be unto death. Uh, because it found and identified the sin nature which was in him. And uh, he said there in verse 11, For the sin nature taking occasion by the commandment deceived me, and by it slew me. Paul said that he was deceived. Now, he probably thought like many of us have, now that I'm saved and filled with the Spirit, now I can keep the law, the Ten Commandments. Boy, was he wrong. Uh, he said it slew me. Uh, he failed in every effort that he made to try to live for the Lord by law-keeping. Uh, he didn't have a fighting chance, ladies and gentlemen, and, and neither do we if we try to do it within our own strength and willpower. Now, again, Paul's not saying that the commandments are a bad thing, but Paul had a lot of enemies. And he knew that people, uh, if people can hear something wrong, then they probably will. And that's why he said there in verse 12, Romans 7, verse 12, wherefore the law is holy and the commandment is holy, just and good. The law is a good thing, but it was given by God to point out something ugly in our hearts and lives. It's like a mirror. And if we allow our eyes of faith to shift from Christ in his uh, satisfaction of the law through and by what he did for us at the cross. If we allow our eyes to shift from Christ to the law, then it's going to aggravate the sin nature uh, within us, and we're going to see something ugly. program today has been a blessing to you. We hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.